You're listening to Partnernomics Podcast, where we discuss the art and science of developing successful strategic partnerships. To learn more about the suite of Partnernomics solutions, visit Partnernomics.com. Welcome back to another episode of Partnernomics Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Brigman. And on today's show, we've got a good old buddy of mine. We uh, go back a long ways. We'll be sharing about this, but uh, Mr. Jeff Danley. So Jeff is the director of innovation at VML YNR. So a good size organization that works with, you know, Fortune 100, Fortune 500 companies uh, doing branding and many, many other things, obviously, including innovation that Jeff and his team work on. But Jeff, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah. Hey, I'm happy to be here. I appreciate the invitation. Looking forward to our conversation today. So Jeff, uh, man, you, you and I, we, we go back a couple of days. Uh, like we had mentioned, Jeff and I uh, shared a, a life together, a portion of our life together at, at Sprint when Jeff was leading uh, some different product teams and, and different products. And uh, then I was on the biz dev side, on the partnering side, supporting his teams. And so we, <laughs> we totally geek out on technology, product development, all of these sorts of things. Uh, so it's going to be a good conversation, at least I hope. It, it, yeah, it, it seems like a lifetime ago, for sure. So Jeff, man, I would love to, what I'd like to start off with is just kind of giving people a, an idea, you know, of the guest background and kind of where they're coming from and how they've traversed through their career to get to the, to the steps that they're in now. But if you wouldn't mind, I'd love for you to just kind of share your story. How did you, you know, become this director of innovation? What does innovation, uh, you know, really mean to you? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I've, I've had this question a, a few times about my background and, and how did I get to where I am today and different mentoring sessions and whatnot from people that want to get into innovation. And I, it's hard for me to recommend the path that I took because it was, <laughs> it was, it was not a traditional path. Um, but as a kid, I was always very creative. Um, you know, both I worked on a lot of artwork. It really enjoyed art. I still do, in fact. And, and, you know, as technology started to evolve, you know, that was right around the time I was entering college. And um, I, I learned pretty early on, fortunately, um, that I was not great at math. You know, basic math, I could handle that. But when we got into uh, more advanced math for engineering classes, um, I, I learned that that was not the career path for me. And I was, I was a little disappointed in that because in my mind, engineering was, those were the, the creators that really made things. And that's what I wanted to do. Um, so I, I defaulted over to computer information systems and, and really got deeper into computers and writing code. And, and I found that that was a, a really interesting outlet for uh, my creative background. And, and still today, you know, I, I see the evolution of technology and it's such a fantastic place for people with creative backgrounds to understand the technology and start creating new things. So yeah, I, I leveraged that uh, CIS background um, in, in my role at Sprint where, where we first met um, working on product development and, and really evolving new products, you know, from conceptualization to, to productization, right? Okay. So, you know, as uh, the new wireless data network came out around the year 2000, you know, we finally had these, these phones that we could carry around and connect them to the internet. And, and that just opened up this whole world of, of opportunities and, and new products and services that we could create. And, and, 
since that time, you know, with the evolution of technology and evolution of wireless networks, we're just seeing that grow and grow more every day. So Jeff, you and I had the opportunity to put a patent together uh, with Sprint. And then I know that uh, I wish I had a claim to fame like this, but the mobile hotspot, it's something that I use about every weekend, every other weekend at our cabin that uh, unfortunately we can't get direct uh, access, but through a tethered device, uh, we, we can get internet access and I can watch TV and do all the fun stuff down there. But uh, man, tell us a little bit about uh, your journey and just kind of, I think this is a great way to tee up innovation to talk about the mobile hotspot. Yeah, yeah, the mobile hotspot, that was, um, that, that was one of those products that, you know, as I mentioned, as, as new technology was coming out, um, I just was personally interested in, in Wi-Fi and was already, you know, employed at Sprint and looking at wireless technologies, you know, from a carrier perspective. And I was, I was really blown away by this. I, I read an article, I think it was Wired Magazine, and there was a teacher in Hawaii that was, I mean, this guy was putting together these like Pringles cans and like relaying Wi-Fi up into the mountains so that his students, when they were on field trips, they could log their data onto their laptops while they were up there. He was also beaming Wi-Fi signal out, in, out into the ocean so they could watch the sea turtles feeding in, in certain areas. And I was really inspired by that. It was, it, I was just totally blown away. And, you know, but I, I thought, gosh, there, there's gotta be a better way. Like, how can we get this to more people? How can we make this guy's life easier and, and bring this type of an experience to more students? And, and that was really the inspiration for the idea to, to bridge together a Wi-Fi hotspot and a carrier network. You know, I thought if we as the carrier could send the signal to this box, and then this box could provide the local Wi-Fi coverage, the students could connect to this, this device on their bus, Right. And then we started thinking about, you know, this could be put on buses, this could be put on trains. And so, yeah, we filed a patent. I think we submitted that um, in 2001 and uh, and it was it finally got approved uh, in 2008, I believe. So patents took quite a while to go through the process back then. But yeah. And, and today, over 35 companies reference that patent everyone from Apple to Google and Samsung, Sony, anyone that's created their own mobile hotspot device, everyone references that patent. So, um, so that, yeah, that's that. I'm, I'm pretty proud of that one. That's a, a yeah, fun, it's awesome. uh, fun you star should be. On, on the resume for sure. <laughs> no, no doubt. No doubt. So Jeff, let's uh, just kind of, let's start at the foundation. What is innovation? What is, what does innovation mean? How should people be thinking about innovation? How should executives be thinking about innovation? Yeah. Um, in, innovation is, in, in my opinion, I'm, I might be biased here, but it's extremely important to, to almost any organization, right? To, to stay ahead of the competition and, and you know, to keep your customers engaged and, and maybe even to, to streamline your internal workflows, you need to embrace innovation. Technology is evolving at such a pace that um, every day there's new products and services available or something new that you should be tracking that it might be a competitive threat. It might be, you know, a new opportunity for your business. Um, but understanding what those opportunities look like um, really helps position your company to, to be more competitive in the marketplace. Um, 
So yeah, I mean, innovation is is understanding the new capabilities that exist and, and then applying those to your business. Ideally, you know, focus on the customer, right? Who's the end user and and find new and creative ways to to make their life easier. That's that's kind of the approach that I take on a daily basis. But it seems like at least for me, when I think of innovation, a lot of times uh, you know, folks specifically go to well, new products, new services, new solutions. But I think as you pointed out, it could simply be a new process. I mean, it just it simply just means to me anyway, my humble opinion just means new, something different and hopefully something more valuable. I love what you said about think about your customer and then work your way backwards. What is, how can you make the easy button bigger? And then those yeah. are the companies that win. Yeah, absolutely. And and that, that customer for, you know, the, the output from that innovation process, that can be an external paying customer, right? Or that can be an internal team member that, you know, there's some kind of an internal operational process. And by making that process more efficient, um, you know, it, it makes their life easier. So yeah, and, and that's a great point. Innovation does not require technology, right? And in a lot of cases, we find that technology enables us to do things easier or more efficiently, um, but process innovation can yield results just, just as significant as you know, technical innovation. Yeah, great point. So Jeff, like now we're talking about process or the innovation process and this design thinking. We're hearing a lot more about that over the last, I would say, five to, to 10 years. Uh, as we think about design thinking or a process for innovation, talk us through what, what does that mean? And then how do you use that at VMLYNR in your, uh, in your day job? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so first of all, design thinking. Design thinking is a, a human-centered approach to innovation. So again, that, that human-centered aspect is maybe it's an internal customer, maybe it's an external customer, but focus on you know, who's going to be impacted by this innovation. And then you know, anchoring what is being innovated or what we're creating on that customer's needs, right? So we, we have to define a problem and then we start exploring solutions to that problem. And actually, I'll correct myself. It doesn't necessarily have to be a problem. It can be an opportunity, right? There might be some new technology that maybe you don't know if it has a direct implication to your business or your customers, but you want to explore that technology, right? So, you know, rapid prototyping is another component to the design thinking process. So once we've identified this challenge, I'll call it a challenge statement. That's usually what I what I say in these uh, work sessions. So define our challenge statement, and then we we start going through you know the needs and and ideating on on how do we how do we meet this challenge statement, and the output from that then is prototypes. You know what what do we want to prototype? And to our previous conversation, that could be process innovation. It could be technical innovation. So we want to build something and test that against that initial challenge statement to see, okay, we thought this is what we wanted. When we test this, does it really meet that need, right? And, and if it does, then you might continue that, that prototype and evolve that. Um, and maybe that eventually becomes your you know, minimum viable product, right? And you start testing that with those uh, customers. Um, if, if it doesn't meet the need, 
then we can circle back and and come back to the ideation process and and start looking at you know where did we miss the mark should we should we alter this a little bit do we scrub this completely and start over um so yeah that's that's design thinking um that's our, our primary approach to innovation at, at BML YNR. Uh, I'll also say, I, I think this comes from my creative background. I believe that you know there, there's not one single approach to innovation, right? There, there's different needs, there's different challenges that, that we face that, that need innovation put against them. Um, there, there's different businesses, different customers and and just the way people approach innovation, it's great to have a structured framework. Um, but but I find it, it most effective to, you know, shift that up, you know, as necessary, um, you know, during some of these sessions, you know, based on who the customer is and and who is what brand is it, who's the client, what needs are they trying to meet here? Jeff, with a, a lot of our clients, the way that that innovation seems to fit into the conversation is companies are that we're always looking to grow right always looking to grow always get more revenue get hopefully higher margins those sorts of things and and what we say what we share a process in is to if you're, if you're looking to grow there's one way to do that it's it's differentiation and we call that innovation it's doing something different it's providing more value in and then so and then so that's what steps into this innovation process that you're talking about. And we simply just call it making the easy button bigger. Yeah. So whoever can make the easy button the biggest is the ones that win. But it's never a static game. It's it's always moving. It's always changing. And then to your point with new technologies that are coming out. I mean, the the opportunities available now are just absolutely endless. It seems I mean, I so. I think like you, I started my real, my, my big kid job, right? My big kid career uh, with Sprint in the late nineties. And, you know, by that time, by the late nineties, we knew that mobile wireless was going to be a thing. You know I mean? A lot of people don't realize this and it's interesting to look back, but Sprint PCS was started as a joint venture amongst several different companies. Well, what does that tell you about, uh, how they felt the the likelihood that they were absolutely certain that wireless would be a thing. Well, they weren't 100% certain, so they hedged their bet and it was a joint venture. But now we look back, we're like, duh. Right. Um, as we look at all of the different opportunities for innovation now, I mean, I see where we sit now. I liken that to the wireless space in 2000. Because I think with so many different technologies, we call the globe shrinking. I mean, the world becoming so big. I mean, nearly on a daily basis, we're working with clients and different folks from around the world through Zoom. There's so much opportunity now. Talk to us, if you would, just uh, what the world looks like from your seat whenever you're just looking at all of these amazing opportunities. Yeah, it's uh, from my from where I sit, it's fantastic. Yeah, the, the opportunities, there, there are more opportunities today than, than when we first started working together back in the wireless space. Um, you know, I, I frequently tell people that, you know, being an innovator in, in today's world with technology evolving at the rate that it is, it's very similar to being an artist during the Renaissance. Like it's, it's happening everywhere, right? And it's it's not just one industry. It's not the mobile industry or computers. It's 
everything. We've got new technologies like blockchain is, is disrupting finance as we speak. There's applications with blockchain across other industries, everything from housing to automotive to medical, you, you name it. You know, tell me an industry vertical and I'll tell you how you can apply blockchain to it. Um, 5G. So this one is wireless, yes, but um, 5G is evolving at, at a rate. Well, 5G will evolve other businesses at a rate that's unprecedented, right? And you know, I, I find myself educating people on 5G a, a lot. It, it's not just a 10 second movie download, right? It, it's not just that fast connectivity. It's that real time interaction with a remote digital object, right? Or, or it could be a physical object for that matter. So, you know, again, um, blockchain, 5G, um, the metaverse are evolving right now that very uh, ready player one. And if you go back and watch that movie, everything that's happening in that movie could be a could happen today like in the metaverse right and with nfts and people buying digital things in this game like ecosystem um it's it's just amazing to see how things are progressing right now and across all these different industries and we're able to create new products we can create branded experience that you know creates a, a greater bond between a consumer and a brand um, and then the, you know, back to the, the process innovation, just internal efficiencies by streamlining a, a workflow can yield tremendous benefits. So uh, yeah, there, there's opportunity for uh, technology innovation just uh, across the board today. And, and it's extremely exciting. Yeah, one of the takeaways I would love to, you know, for people to get out of this is technology is not linear or static. I mean, I remember back to literally the first couple of weeks that I was at Sprint, uh, a senior product manager was trying to convince a VP that texting was going to be a thing. And it was like, why in the hell would somebody do this triple tap texting thing whenever we just spent millions and millions of dollars on a voice, you know, on a voice platform? Wouldn't it just be easier to leave a voicemail? Well, I would say that texting turned into a thing. And then the world that you and I came from was Sprint TV. All right, we were trying to convince people that people will watch mobile television. You know, they'll watch television on their, on their phone. They'll even watch full-length videos. And now, as actually several years ago, more video is consumed on the mobile device than all other devices combined. Yeah. And so as people think about their products, their services, their solutions, don't think linearly because technology is coming at, at an exponential speed at us. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Looking back on, on the mobile days of, of product evolution in that space, man, like I remember installing email clients on phones and, and I was excited about that. And this was like 2002, maybe, you know, and, and it could have been that same VP that was like, nobody's going to check their email on their phone. That's dumb. Why would anyone do that? Right. And now, you know, show me an executive anywhere in the world that is not checking their email on their phone. Right. And then fast forward two or three years and, and then this whole like mobile media space comes around. Right. And we're streaming live TV to little clamshell flip phones. Right. That I don't even know if those exist anymore. But um, yeah, the, these old crusty guys at these industry conferences kept telling me, 
you know, no one's going to watch video on their phone. No one's going to watch live TV or certainly not a movie. Why would you watch a full length movie on your phone? And I'm sitting there, I've got the data, I've got the reporting that shows, yes, people will, and they are. And the more you give them, the more they consume. And yeah, so fast forward to today, you know, there, there were technology innovators that pushed the limits of that space, right, and kept defining new territories and, and consumers that loved what, you know, what products were being put out. And, um, and it's, it's just, it's been a, a phenomenal ecosystem. And we'll continue to see that. And to your point, I mean, technology um, and innovation is not linear, right? There are, there are continual um, evolutions, big advancements in technology. Like I mentioned previously with technologies like blockchain and 5G, um, you know, who knows what it will be next year or the year after, right? But um, you, you can look at what the wearable device space has done for healthcare, right? People can get real-time information on, you know, the, their health status, right? And, and then apply AI to that as well. And you can start looking at um, trends, right? And what are you doing to keep yourself healthy, um, your doctor can look at that information and, and, you know, make recommendations based on your diet or your activity or, you know, whatever your levels of whatever it is that you're monitoring. Um, so yeah, continual, um, just keep keeping tabs on where technology is at right now and where it's going um, is essential to any business today. There was uh, an Accenture study that was put out um fairly recently where they surveyed all these different CEOs across the world, 76% of them said that their business models are going to be unrecognizable in the next five years. And it's because of ecosystems, partnerships, these new technologies, these new capabilities that are coming in, uh, you know, these IOT devices where like we were chatting before we hit record, in in the future now but definitely in the future as it just totally becomes democratized of what it costs to collect data from these uh different devices or different objects uh all around your home all around your community and being able to pull that information in and then use the information to provide better value better solutions to customers what 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 does the world look like in five years through your eyes and, and, and kind of in light of this conversation and in, in light of this study of 76% of CEOs saying that their their business models are going to be unrecognizable? Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, I, there, there's probably an entire course that, that you could put together on, on, on this topic alone, right? Um, yeah, I mean, the, the evolution of business models is, is, going to be shaped by and large by, by this amount of data. And, and you mentioned some of the sensors that we talked about previously. They're, these are in development now, but tiny 5G sensors, not to fuel any conspiracy theories, I promise, but these tiny 5G sensors, uh, they're the size of a flake of pepper. And you can put these on virtually anything. They can be sewn into your clothing. They can be put on a soccer ball. These could be put on plants in your landscaping, you know, and, and people think, why would I want to do, why do I need a connected plant? You know, if you think about, if you put three of these, these sensors on a tree, your, 
there would be an application that you could see how far apart those are from one another. And now you can track the growth of that tree, right? How high is it off the ground? How far apart have those sensors expanded? How much water, uh, how much nutrients it needs? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so that, that's just one example of, oh my gosh, you know, we, we really can connect virtually anything and drive some, some it's going to create new sources of data, right? And processing that data, that, that's where companies are going to have to be smart about how they look at data. How is that data processed? Uh, again, cloud, cloud data sources, um, you know, databases in the cloud, cloud processing, AI, everything's in the cloud. So you get these sensors everywhere and, you know, you can collect this data, you can use that data um, to run your business more effectively. You can create new customer experiences based on that data. It could be anything from helping me track my health to maybe it's creating some kind of a interactive augmented reality experience in real time where I'm at at any given moment. So um, yeah, so, so that, that part's really interesting. And you know, companies, there, there's a, a strong opportunity for partnerships here. And this is kind of rewinding back to your, your initial comment about Sprint and Sprint PCS being this joint venture. You know, as, as companies start to feel out new technology, they might not want to go all in to, to create this new solution or, you know, kind of get into something alone, right? But if they, if they can find a partner that's complementary to their business, and, and they can evolve that space together, I think that's going to be really interesting. And, and I think we'll see a lot more of that. I know, you know, in the M&A space, there's, I mean, there's tons of acquisitions um, continuing to happen. So it, it does seem a bit like a lot of companies are just buying up those complementary uh, partners and, and evolving their business in that method. But, um, you know, I, I do find myself, I call this collaborative innovation where, I might be working with a client to create some new customer experience and I'll work with a technology company. I don't have, I don't feel like myself or my team has to build everything, but we do have to understand the customer experience and how we apply technology to create these different experiences. And a lot of times our technology partners, they've got a technical solution that they're selling to our client anyway. They're, they're trying to sell it to, IT or you know a, a CIO and and when we collaborate together we can apply that technology to solve real world challenges for our clients and and so there it's it's a win-win uh, situation there when we can collaborate with that technology partner to take their tech apply it to an interesting um, use case and and then you know deploy that to meet the customer needs Jeff, there's another study that was put out, I think a year and a half ago, that said it was like 85% of, of executives say they need to improve innovation in their companies in order to stay relevant. What kind of advice would you give to, to executives, to CEOs, to these uh, team leaders, to just, just ways to think about innovation, how to improve innovation? Maybe their culture is Hey, we're just going to build it. We just have we just have a culture of organic growth. We got to build it. We got to own it. We got to control it. That's that's a losing proposition going forward. Yeah. Um, what kind of advice would you give to folks like that? Uh, you know, to to help put them down a, a more 
prosperous path? Yeah, that's a that, that's a great question. Um, I, I and I appreciate that because that's um, it, it's a it's a tough one to tackle, right? And and I know I've mentioned this in previous presentations, but you know I, I tell people, uh, you know, innovation. You know, you you can catch lightning in a bottle, but it doesn't happen very frequently, right? And and you can get innovation from that, but I wouldn't want to bet my business on that. That is not the evolution of my business. You need a repeatable process that it, that can reliably yield innovative results, right? And and that's why that's why I embrace our our design thinking process, you know, or some adaptation of that, so that we can go into virtually any industry vertical and run that process and come up with innovative ideas, um, and and having a, a diverse group of people at the table is is really important, and and that diversity can be you know in people's cultural backgrounds. Um, it can also be just in the roles across the the company, right? Maybe it's maybe you've brought users, you know, your customers into uh, those those design thinking sessions, um, but also having someone from finance sit across the table from marketing, from development, and and getting all of these different views on you know, all these different views on the, on the, um, you know, the challenge statement, right? Like, what's the problem we're solving? What is the, the opportunity or the competitive threat? So that, you know, that helps bring about more creative ideas, right? And gets more ideas um, brought to the table. And, and then we can filter those down and, and decide on the, on the best approach. Um, I, I know, personally speaking, again, reflecting on our days at Sprint, man, we, I, I felt like uh, we, we knew it all, right? And we, we knew a lot and, and we were defining what was new, right? And just, we had an amazing team and, and just, and while we had leadership that kind of gave us the, the reins and, and let us run in whatever direction we wanted to go, I, I feel like we, we did a, a, an out, outstanding job at what we were doing. But when I left Sprint, and really got out into the wild, if you will, right, and started working in other industries, it just opened my mind to, oh my gosh, like I had never thought about this topic from this perspective, or looked at it specifically for this industry. And, and when you bring in people that have, you know, this diverse background and, and have worked across, you know, totally different industries and applied those innovation processes, um, that gets really exciting. You know, the, the external perspective really helps people see technologies differently. It helps educate them on what else can this technology do and how might we apply this to our, our specific business. Yeah, man, it's such exciting times that we're in <laughs> right now, where oh, the yeah. next decade is just going to be unbelievable. Absolutely. Jeff, one last uh, question before we let you go, man. I'm going to ask you to speak to your 21 year old self. So as you were popping out of college, getting ready to tackle the big world, what kind of advice would you give to your 21 year old self? Oh, wow. There, <laughs> there, there, there's a lot there. There's quite a quite a list. But, um, you know, actually, uh, professionally speaking, um, I mean, really, I, I think that topic that we just touched on and, and, you know, not staying siloed in, in one specific industry vertical and looking at things from um, different industry perspectives really helps accelerate um, innovation. I, you know, personally, when I, when I look at innovation, you, you need to be educated on 
what are the new capabilities? What are the new technologies that are out there, right? Um, and, then, and then have some level of inspiration, right? Like how, how is this technology being applied in another industry? And then think creatively, oh, how do I apply that? You know, how would I take that use case and, and you know, put that to use in my business? Um, and hopefully coming out of that process, you've got the motivation to, to move forward and, and start, you know, continue to ideate and, and prototype and, and find a way to apply that technology to your business. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think coming out of college, you know, my, uh, my direction was, you know, just a, a single path forward and, you know, that, that served me well. I, I have no regrets about that, but um, I, I think I, I could have probably achieved even more had I looked across industries and, and really kind of built a more broad uh, knowledge base earlier in my career. Yeah, it's, it's been said that there's really no new ideas. It's just people combining different things, right? If we look at Facebook, we look at uh, Airbnb, we look at Netflix, all amazing products, all amazing companies, hyper growth, but none of it was really new. It was just combining a bunch of different things into a, a great user experience. And so to me, that just screams partnerships. I mean, there's Absolutely. more opportunities today to put your company's core competencies, resources, capabilities, and marry those up with, with other complementary organizations and, and provide more value to the end customer. Just like you said before, start with the customer and what can you do to make their lives better? Yep, yep, absolutely. And, and yeah, I mean, when you've got that focus on the customer, you know that what you create is, is going to have a positive impact, right? Like you need to delight that customer. And whether that's a, a healthcare solution for a, a rare disease, and, and maybe that has a, a very positive impact on 400 people, or maybe you've innovated the next, you know, smart, I don't know, a smart tire for an automotive company, you know, like, and you've impacted, you know, hundreds of thousands of people. Um, you know, it, it just depends on that business opportunity and, and, you know, identify, you know, who is that end user, who's the customer and, and figure out how to make their life easier and, and you'll have positive results. Jeff, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for sharing your insights and your story with us, man. It's going to be awesome to watch you and VML, YNR, all the cool stuff that you guys are doing with clients across the world. Yeah, I, I appreciate you making time for me today. It was a, it was a pleasure chatting with you and uh, let's stay in touch. Uh, thanks, buddy. All right. Thank you. Take care. Partnernomics podcast is brought to you by Partnernomics. Learn how to leverage the power of partnership. To listen to more episodes of Partnernomics podcast, visit Partnernomics.com. <laughs>